Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. We'd like to welcome Ron Kangas back with us again today in our fellowship and consideration of Genesis chapter 17. Hi, Ron. Welcome back. Hi again, and greetings to you all in the Lord's grace. Ron, as we saw in our last program, there's a transition taking place in chapter 17 in what God is working into Abraham through his many dealings with him. Would you say something about this before we get into today's life study? In Abraham's previous experiences, some of them positive, some of them negative, the emphasis is primarily objective, such as chapter 15, Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him as righteousness. But all this is for the inner and subjective experiences, both of the cross signified by circumcision, but especially by the Lord's life supply, indicated, as we will see, by the significance of the title El Shaddai. So, in summary, I would say, this portion is crucial because here Abraham is beginning to experience the Lord in a new dimension, in a subjective way, in a personal way, in an intrinsic way. And this will bring us very close to the issuing forth and the fulfillment of God's promise. This is a transition point in Genesis. Let's join Witness Lee as we explore Genesis chapter 17 in today's life study. Throughout the whole Bible, we can see God is a God of purpose. And His purpose made in eternity past is to express himself through a people, to express himself through a body of people on this earth. For this purpose, God came in to create the universe. And within the universe, as its center, God created man, especially in his image. For the purpose that man may express God and represent God for God to have a dominion on this earth as his kingdom. God was going to express himself. By what way? Throughout the whole Bible, you could see God's way is just to work himself into man. This is very, very extraordinary. I like to have you to do something for me, but I like to work myself into you to make me you and to make you me to do things for me. God needed to come in to unveil himself further to let Abraham know him 
in a further way that he is El Shaddai. El means the mighty one. Shaddai means all sufficient ways and other. Here in the divine title, there is the implication that God is the rich source. He is the rich source of supply. He wants people to fulfill his purpose. But he doesn't need anything of the people. He wants you, but he doesn't need anything of you. He has to be all the supply to you. And with him, there is the inexhaustible, all-sufficient source of supply. Ron, we've seen previously that God left Abraham for 13 years following Abraham's vain attempt to produce something for God's purpose out of his own flesh. I wonder if you'd comment on this being the context in which God now reveals himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. God's withdrawing the sense of his presence was an expression of his displeasure with Abraham's acting contrary to God's way by doing something out of himself to produce an heir. He hearkened to the suggestion of his wife and produced Ishmael through Hagar. And God disagreed. Instead of manifesting judgment, he withdrew. So we need to pay attention if we're in a season of divine withdrawal, if there's something we need to clear in our history with the Lord. The effect of God's disappearing has the effect of stirring up our seeking, our hunger for the Lord. We realize nothing matters more than the Lord himself and his presence. Abraham had come to know God in certain aspects before, but the fact that he acted out of himself to produce a son showed he did not know God as El Shaddai, as the all-sufficient Mighty One, with the abundant life supply symbolized by an udder. So the Lord's way is surely gracious. He expressed his displeasure. He stirred up the seeking. And when he came, he did not come in judgment. He came full of grace, life supply, love, mercy, light, reassurance, and confirmation. And so it is with the Lord's precious appearing to his seekers in this age of grace. Thank you, Ron. Let's rejoin Witness Lee in our life study in Genesis chapter 17. Our God flows some riches of his being to be our supply. So what we have to do, we have to do just one thing, to drink of all what he flows out of himself. This is why God needed to unveil his divine title to Abraham. Abraham, in chapter 16, was doing something. He was doing something for God's purpose. 
He was doing something to fulfill God's purpose. He was doing something to carry out, to bring forth a seed. But he was doing something for God by his natural being. He was doing something by his natural strength. And that surely displeased God. So God stayed away for 13 years. After that long period of absence, God came to him. Abraham, you have to know that I am (laughs) the all-sufficient supply. You have to drink of this supply. You shouldn't do anything for me by your natural strength. You shouldn't do anything for me by your natural ability. To do something for me is good, but by your natural strength to do it, this surely insults me. I don't want anything from you to do something for me. Yes, I want you. I need you. Yes, I promised that you will bring forth a son, a seed, but you have to realize not by your strength, not by your natural man, not by your natural being, not by your natural ability. No, 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 not at all, but by my supply. You have to look at me. I am the mighty one with another. Stop your strength. And deny your natural being. And put aside your natural ability. Don't drink anything of yourself. You have to drink of me. I am the all-sufficient mighty one. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, nothing is possible for you to fulfill my purpose. To fulfill my purpose, you need to take me in. To drink of my supply. So, now I'm here, not the most high God to you. I'm not here, the possessor of heaven and earth. You have learned this already. But now, I'm here in front of you as the God throwing with rich supply. You have to walk before me. To walk before me simply means to live by me. Ron, there is much that we could develop in this portion, but I was caught by this final sentence in which Witnessly said of God, revealing himself to Abraham, you have to walk before me, which simply means you have to live by me. Ron, what is it to live by God? That little word makes a big difference. It's common to say, and in quoting it, I'm not making light of it, but I am pointing out a limitation. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. However, many things that are done for God, for Christ, will not last because they are not done by God by Christ, by the Spirit, by the divine life, but by ourselves. For Abraham to live by God meant that he was learning to live by the very God 
who was his life and life supply subjectively. Even as I'm speaking now, I am living by the breath I take in. I'm living by the beverages, the healthy beverages I have drunk so far today. Especially, I'm living by the food that is sustaining me. This means that my living, even my speaking, is a living out of what is my subjective content and life supply. So Abraham, in learning to live by God, and not merely for God or merely according to God, both of which are outward, was learning to live by the very God who as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, was his life and life supply. This is the Christian life. This is the life the Lord wants us to live, not just for him. Eventually we'll realize I can do nothing for him that God will honor unless I do it by him. The Lord said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But Paul said, I can do all things in him. Paul, like Abraham, learned to live by the very God who lived in him and who was everything in him, to him, for him, and through him for the fulfillment of his glorious purpose. Thank you, Ron. Let us return to Witness Lee and the conclusion of today's life study. God's divine title has been unveiled. How about you? I tell you, you have to be changed. In the context, you could see right after the unveiling of the divine title, God said to Abraham, you have to change your name. Your name has to be changed from Abraham to Abraham. Very meaningful. We all know, last time we pointed out, Abraham means the exalted father. Father of exaltation. And Abraham means the multiplied father. A father of a great multitude. That means what? That means you have to be multiplied. For fulfilling God's purpose, there's no possibility for the exalted father. Exalted father is only good for exhibition. The exalted father is not good for the fulfilling of God's purpose. To fulfill God's purpose, there is the need of a multitude. You and I all have to be multiplied. Not to be exalted, but to be multiplied. What is the multitude? The multitude is just a corporate people. Today, the multitude that God wants, that God needs, is just the church life. We all have to realize the church today is the multitude. For this purpose, surely you have to forget about your exaltation. Forget about your own name. You have to be changed from exaltation to the multiplication. Every brother likes to be an exalted father. And every sister likes to be Sarai. And Sarai means what? My princess. My husband, my home, my day, my night, my children, 
my function in meetings, my position, my this, my that. We all like to say my, my, my everything. Start to say, especially the sisters. <laughs> my princess. But God wants you to become just princess. Princess without mine. This means to be gentle. Gentle. Not exalted, but multiplied. Not particular, but general. Praise the Lord. Nothing is mine. I'm no more my princess. I am just princess. So general. We all have to realize how much the church life needs this change of name. If we brothers still insist to be exalted, and you sisters still prefer to be particular, how could we have the church life? We could have a religion with a Sunday morning service, just coming together once a week, and say hello, and then after an hour, goodbye, see you. See you next Sunday morning. That's all. You go your way, I go mine. Now how could we have the church life? To have the church life, there is the need of a multitude. A people that is built up and compacted together. The brothers just don't like to be exalted. I don't like to be exalted. I like to be multiplied. And the sister, no one would say, my this, my that. I just like to be gentle. Then we will have the proper church life as a multitude for the fulfilling of God's purpose. Day by day, we live together. All the time, we are one together. And none of us will be particular, but all of us will be just so genuine. Is this just a doctrine? No. We all have to see we need this changing. Not just the changing of the terms, but the changing of our being. The changing of our person. God needs to unveil His divine being. And he has been unveiled already. But if we still remain the same, he is being unveiled, only do any go to us. It all depends upon our changing. His unveiling depends upon our changing. We need to be changed. Not only in name, but also in person. Then we can enjoy the unveiled God. Then spontaneously something of his divine being that has been routed into you will work out something to fulfill God's purpose. Ron, this final section places much significance on the changing of names of many of the key figures in the scriptures. Particularly interested in the significance, of course, of the names for Abram and Sarai. We see this Time and time again in the scriptures, Jacob was given a certain name. Eventually, God himself changed it to Israel. Simon Peter went by a particular name when the Lord met him. He changed it 
In Revelation 3, we're told about receiving a new name if we're an overcomer. So this theme runs consistently through the scriptures, and it suggests that in God's eyes, a name is not simply a tag or a designation, but it is an expression of the nature of that person. So the wonderful name Jesus means Jehovah saves, or the salvation of Jehovah. Marvelous that he has such a name, and his title Christ means the anointed one. When the Lord changes our name, that means he is giving us a new designation that matches a change in our inward condition produced by the working of his divine life. This chapter is really a chapter of names, a new name for God, a new name for Abraham and his wife. Abraham means father of a multitude. Abram means exalted father. A big difference. It's one thing to be exalted. The emphasis is on your personal exaltation. God is not for this. God is not for exalting people. But God is for multiplying his divine life through us. So at a certain point, Abram became Abraham to indicate that God wanted to use him not for exaltation, but for multiplication. Then with Sarai becoming Sarah, the change is slight, apparently, from my princess to princess. Essentially, the person is the same, but the my is gone, indicating a change of focus, of center. It's not my purpose, my experience, my life, my ministry. Something has happened to cross out the me, the old I, the my, and we are just content to be, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, whatever we are by the grace of God. And we don't think of my, but to use in King James language, thy, not mine, but thine. So, for Abraham, it's a matter of turning from exaltation to multiplication. With Sarah, a matter of turning from my narrow personal perspective to just be the person God makes me in Christ with a great burden for God's interests, for his glory, and for the fulfillment of his heart's desire. May all the Lord's children learn to experience God as El Shaddai, to have an intrinsic change from exaltation to multiplication and from narrowness to body consciousness, that the Lord may have a free way to flow in us for his eternal purpose. For this we were created, for this we were redeemed, for this we were regenerated, and it is for this that we are burdened to carry out this broadcast, that through it, under his blessing, the Lord may have a way to stir up the seeking in his children to experience the Lord more, not for themselves and their exaltation, but for the Lord's heart's desire. This is the burden that's burning in our being all the time, that God's economy would be carried out through many of us who are coming to know him, not in an abstract way, 
but as El Shaddai, the God of Abraham, the God who calls things not being as being, the God who gives life to the dead, the God who has grace is everything to us in such a fundamental way that eventually our being is changed and transformed and God recognizes it, giving us a new name to designate what we are in the sight of God by His all-sufficient grace. It seemed like a small question about these name changes. I'm surely glad that I asked it. It opened up many more riches. Thank you, Ron. You have been listening to The Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, Or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge.